hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, where those of us from the video game and comic book store, Level Up Entertainment, get together each week with some friends and uh, have a different discussion. Um, this week we're talking Invincible, not just the new hit animated series, but the original comic book source material. Um, I'm your host, Scott, and joining me this week, I've got Kendall. Hello there. How's it going? Um, so you and I have kind of an interesting history with Invincible because we used to read it uh, back when we were in high school, um, way before anyone knew about it, or at least, you know, not the way people say talk. <laughs> at least not the way people talk about it now, because um, uh, it started back in 2003, although I don't think we read it initially because I know we, what we used to do is like we would buy trade paperbacks of series that we were both interested in. And then we would trade them back and forth, like, you know, so that we can read them. And I know you were picking up Invincible uh, and you were like, hey, this is really good. You should read it. So I read your trades until we caught up to the comics and then we started reading the comics. Yep. Um, but yeah, so since you were my introduction to it, what was your introduction to it? Dang, I don't even know how I heard about it or found out about it. Um, but I do remember like, later in high school um while still being like predominantly into superheroes mm -hmm. um i don't know i think i maybe maybe before i even realized it i was like kind of losing interest in the uh joe casada and dan didiot Dio, however you say his name, like yeah. Marvel and DC like stuff. Um, not that I wasn't reading those, but uh, I don't know. So yeah, I like saw myself like checking in on like Savage Dragon, which like was a franchise I discovered through like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like years before. And yeah, they had a two-part crossover. Yeah, and they also had this like weird toy line. Oh, really? Like, I think it, it was, like, mainly a Savage Dragon toy line, maybe, but there was, like, three of the four turtles were in it. It was really random. Yeah. And, like, well, Jim should... did the design. It was weird. Yeah, we should point out this is when uh, Ninja Turtles were, were being published by Image Comics, the parent company, both Savage Dragon and Invincible. Yeah, yeah. So I think I just, like, was looking for other interesting things. Mm-hmm. I found Invincible. Yeah, and this is a uh, you know you know co-created by Robert Kirkman, also creator of Walking Dead. Uh, this predates Walking Dead, uh, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure, as we talk about our experiences with the comic series and how we uh, did it. But um, this, I think, at the time, this was my favorite comic book. I know I called it the most consistently good comic, uh, like at least superhero comic we were reading at the time, um, and I think. It was a little ahead of its time in a way where it takes a lot of the, the superhero tropes and kind of twists them. Whereas like now, like everything's kind of done that. Um, and, and, and watching the show and talking about it with people, because that's the thing that's like most exciting about the, the TV show is it felt like this thing that like I used to like a long time ago that nobody remembers. And now all of a sudden everybody's talking about it and everybody's enjoying it. Um, so I'm not trying to sound like, you know, hipster, like, oh, we were here first, but it, it's, 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 it's like the secrets out, you know, but yeah, it's fun yeah. though. Yeah. In, in a good way. 
I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, be like, oh, you guys should have been here in 2003, you know, 20, almost 20 years ago. God damn, we're old. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, it, but like, you know, we're now in like a post the boys world where like evil superheroes are kind of like, that's become its own cliche now. Um, but, you know, the thing I like about how Invincible handles like that element of the series is like the book is still got a lot of traditionally good and fun lighthearted superhero stuff in it along with like like i'm i guess spoiler it's not really a spoiler if you watch the show it happens in the first episode oh we i guess we should yeah. say right here and now yeah we're going to be talking about things beyond what the show has adapted yeah I'm, like very spoiler filled episode. I, I think we'll talk about what happens in the first season uh, versus like both in the comic and the, the show. And then after I think we discuss that stuff, I think we'll go into some comic book spoilers and talk about like what we were excited to see and how we think they might adapt it. Because uh, I have some thoughts on that. Um, but so there'll be mostly show spoilers for a bit. We'll let you know before we like really dig into comic book spoilers. Um, but just be warned, like some of them might pop up. Uh, uh, now and again <clears throat> but you know uh, you know so Mark Grayson the human alter ego of the titular character Invincible uh, his dad is essentially this world's Superman um, but it turns out that he's secretly a bad guy kind of grooming the planet to be taken over by his people um, and they have kind of you know a big falling out um, so like bad guy Superman is like it's like the one thing everyone tries to go to when they're like, oh, I'm going to make an edgy superhero thing. Um, but I like that Omni-Man isn't like in the beginning, like I remember when I first read it in the comics and like he kills their equivalent of the Justice League, which happens not much later in the comics, but it doesn't happen right off the bat like it does in the show. Yeah. Um, I remember being like, oh my God, at the time. And then like the fight that they have between Invincible and Omni-Man I remember being like really like a big gut punch the first time I read it. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, granted, I think they do take it to another level in the, the cartoon, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but I just remember being like, really like, I had never seen anything like this at the time. And to be fair, we were like 17. So we probably hadn't seen, we definitely haven't seen as much as, you know, I've had the chance to see now. <laughs> um, but I, I, that's what got me hooked. Because in the beginning, it's like, oh, it's it's a fine, like it's a clearly a parody of, you know, DC and Marvel. Because so many characters are very analogous. Like you can draw one to one lines. It's like all of the Guardians of the Globe are just the Big Seven in the Justice League, uh, except the Immortal, who's kind of a special case. Yeah, and I think it's clear when because he's you know the only one who comes back. Yeah. Uh, in one of the trades, like Kirkman's like, oh yeah, like I have to like make you care about these characters quickly. And the, the best way to do that is to riff on something you would probably already know. Yeah. Um, and like the cast is super likable, like right off the bat too. Like you love, you know, you love Mark's mom. Um, he's, he's getting, you know, he's that like traditional, like naive, like teenage superhero um but like you know there's even like supporting characters like titan's kind of cool um you know like the you know sort of bad guy he teams up with um 
Adam Eve is a great character. Like all of the like the the original characters that aren't analogous to the uh, like you know the Justice League are always were, were fun to be right from the get go. So even though it is like parodying superhero comics, it is still a superhero comic. So it does have, still have fun with it. Um, and you know, it's I think that's where like the surprising violence comes from. I don't think it's gory for the sake of being gory, but I think it's more realistic take on what these kinds of characters would do to each other. Yeah, well, and so it's interesting because I, I reread a, a bunch of the comic um, just because like the show did a really great job of making me like remembered what I loved. So yeah, much. yeah, um, really awakened like, oh man, I really loved this. I, I want to go back to it. Yeah, um, um, they kind of hold that violence back for a while. Yeah. I, it was like, yeah. first episode of the show, it's like, you know, they're punching the crap out of like the the flaxians or whatever, and they're just yeah. like, yeah. And I think that's why it was like so impactful when like you because that usually because when you saw the the violence happen with Omni Man, was like, oh my god, because we what did we used to call it like the the buckets of paint comic yeah 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 because it would be so violent everyone yeah everyone just looks like they got dumped with a, a bucket of red paint <laughs> so much blood i forgot about that yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's uh but i think it's used well like i said the show adapts it differently so you, you get a lot more of that like there's a part where like there's a, a mad scientist kind of villain uh that mark punches in the jaw but like it breaks his jaw i don't think he was really intending but like because he's so much stronger than you know regular people um but like you know so there, there's elements like that sprinkled throughout but yeah when the the big superhero stuff starts happening like it gets pretty intense in terms of that stuff uh you know even though it looks like a fun superhero show you could show your kid that's very much not yeah um which is fine i mean i think there's more superhero stuff for adults now than there are for kids which is this whole other conversation we could be having yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll talk a little bit about the show and our thoughts on that. Um, overall, I liked it. I have my issues with it, but I'll let you get your thoughts out first, Kendall. Um, I mean, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, did I have any like big issues that I can think of? Let's look at the notes. Not really. Um, I think that the show did a good job of, uh, you know, and it has the benefit of like this story was already done once. Um, yeah. So like, I think it does a lot of things better than the show or the, I'm sorry. I think the show does a lot of things better than the comic. Um, I can agree. And like story-wise, I think it's like much more solid um at the same time i feel like the comic is more fun mm -hmm. and i can't i've been it's been something i've been like trying to articulate why like leading up to this discussion we're having on it uh yeah. and i can't i can't figure out why i have more fun reading maybe i just love comics more i don't know it's possible because I've also been of two minds of this. And I was kind of hoping our discussion would help me uh, 
clarify some of my thoughts on it because overall the show's good and i do think it it's it has adapted some stuff of the comics a little bit more cohesively um but yeah like it's missing something fun that the comics have not that this show is like joyless um but i think because i maybe it's because it's got a little bit more of the violence throughout it rather than like more of the fun like lighthearted superhero stuff even though it has some of that it always seems to end in like a gore fest whereas it doesn't always happen in the comic yeah like sometimes he just fights furnace and saves the day you know yeah but like i do like a lot of things that they have adapt adapted and changed uh in the show i mean well the whole thing with alan is still great so i'm super happy that that wasn't altered that much love alan alan the alien's the best character um I didn't realize he was played by Seth Rogen until the very end of the series. So yeah, same, yeah. same. Yeah. Uh, and then I realized I was like, he was, I was like, like, wait, I know this voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized he was the uh, uh, executive producer or something. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And there's a, some, I mean, he still has a great joke. I love when Mark's like at the end is like, well, what are you going to do next? I guess I'll finish high school. And then it shows like all of these things happening. It's like, oh, that's great. What's high school? And then just hard cuts. To the end. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, he he's a really fun character. I think because we were more focused, like the Omniman uh, relationship and his whole deal is more brought, because it's revealed early in the first episode, it's brought more to the forefront of the story of the first season. I think it it it, it takes away from some screen time that some of the more fun supporting characters could have had which might be why the show feels less quote unquote fun than the comics. Um, not saying that's a bad thing because I do think they did the Omni-Man stuff very well. And he is a reason like he's like become memed to death. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a really, it's a really compelling story, you know, and, and, it, and it's told very well and it's told. Yeah. It's arguably told better in the show, but like you said, that has the benefit of, adapting something that already came for forward that was good initially yeah and just like yeah you're like you know most of the time comics aren't made in like uh in big chunks you know what i mean like yeah they're done like issue to issue more or less yeah you might have like your story kind of planned out but you don't start getting to the details and like you you're, you're looking at a more micro level because you have to get in it like a chapter out every month yeah especially back then yeah. um and especially with like a monthly series yeah like i think uh these days um kind of especially with image uh you see a lot more like how like saga is like an ongoing series but it's done in these chunks mm-hmm. where you have uh something like headlopper which is like four issue minis that you know, come out like, I think quarterly they come out and like, yeah. and then like, he's done until the next one. Like, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, comics now have evolved to like, be similar to like seasons of television shows. And, and I think that's made know. them a lot stronger. I was oh, say sure. like, like, I think Robert Kirkman might've been the facilitator of, uh, just this change in image because you know image started in the 90s 
uh, creators, a bunch of creators, mostly from Marvel, left to form their own combo company so they can own the things that they make, which is great because Image has continued to be like creator focused and creator owned properties. Um, but they were really chasing the like the Marvel and DC dragon, you know, like monthly superhero y kind of things. Um, about Invincible, but really when Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead hit later, um, I think it started becoming more more diverse and i really like now that yeah they do a lot of like you know they'll, they'll, they're yeah the, the creators seem to set the pace for their books too like they're not not everything needs to be constantly monthly on that monthly deadline like they have plenty of stuff that is but like i i like that everything's become more diverse and more interesting and image seems to really support uh not just their fans but the comic book in like retailers and stuff as well um, when we get lots of promotional stuff, uh, they do like a lot of like no risk number one. Like basically all of their number ones are kind of no risk for retailers uh, where like if after a certain point, like whatever issues don't sell, we can return and get our, our, and get our investment back on. So it really encourages us to do a lot of experimentations with new books. Most of their ongoing uh, series when they have trades, the first volume is $10. So it's cheaper. So you can kind of get in and try more things. Um, but I think a lot of that stuff started in this early 2000s era, at least in my in my experience with Image Comics. These should not be a thing I was really into. They were really like really 90s for like to a detriment where like it was a big turnoff for me because I'm not a big fan of- Were like, you reading comics. a bunch of Spawn back then? I was also like 15 and Spawn like appeals to, like- Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I don't mean that as yeah. a yeah. insult. Um, yeah, yeah. Not at all, but like, but like going back and rereading that stuff, it has not stuck with me the way that like something like Invincible will. Like even before the show, it's a book I occasionally think about because like you know I always I, we always carried it in the in the store, but like nobody really bought it until the show came out. Now I can't keep it on hand, which yeah. is which is exciting because it's a really good book and like people are finally uh, getting into it. Um, and this is Robert Kirkman's the only one that like seems to make stuff that like that gets adapted to other media that translates into the comic sales because like this and Walking Dead are the only examples like I can see that I can consistently point to like whenever a new season of walking dead came out, like sales would go up on the, on the graphic think novels. It's because the, they're like, um, the, and I know like, you know, the MCU is an ongoing story, but yeah. Do you think it's because like their television like programs, like, so the serial nature of TV like kind of translates better to comics than like here's Thor Ragnarok and yeah I would agree with that I I think that that's a, a fair statement um but you know not every tv show translates to to comics and I think Lock and Key and Umbrella Academy had like a smaller like bump uh, I think Umbrella Academy a little bit more than Lock and Key just because that one's so much weirder but then like a comic book show I love like Doom Patrol like doesn't translate into anything Harley Quinn's cartoon doesn't translate into anything, you know, like there's like 5 million Batman shows and that doesn't really translate to, to Batman sales. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, I mean, I, I, I there is an argument that uh, the general populace hasn't really seen anything quite like Doom Patrol, but like, yeah. I, Doom Patrol's are a niche thing, um, which if you 
I, I, but we'll do a whole episode on that when the next season of that comes out. But I really like that show. It's like the best live action thing DC's like done since the Dark Knight. Um, yeah, I, I think with the other things though, like Batman, like I don't think unless like Batman just like ceased to appear in you know pop culture for twenty years or something, like nothing's gonna. Yeah, I'm wondering then if it's because like Walking Dead and like Invincible are like, or those other shows where I do see a, co- a correlation between TV show and comic sales, if they're because they're a little less mainstream, a little more niche like interest. Because like Invincible's on Amazon Prime, which is the worst streaming service. Um, it's so hard to find anything you want on there. It's so much, it's just filled with so much garbage, which is why I guess M- M- they bought MGM. Um, but like, you know, so people that have to find it like are looking for it specifically. So they're already like more interested in it than like your average, like, oh, this show says Gotham in it. I know what that is. I can watch that. Um, and also, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, like Harley Quinn, that cartoon could be the best thing ever made. But like, I mean, like people see Harley Quinn in the, you know, suicide squad yeah i guess it's it's, she's kind of yeah i guess because yeah there's only one other source for this yeah exactly yeah so i guess there's something to be said like yeah maybe we should stop over flooding the markets with all of the same superheroes over and over and over again like we're getting yet another (laughs) i feel like we've gotten off topic yes we have but i think it's interesting and related to it because that's one of my favorite things about the not just because like as a retailer like i make more money but like it's really exciting and gratifying to see this book that I was a fan of, like kind of, like the, the source material being popular and consumed as well as like a popular adaptation of it. Um I will say that the shows and the book are similar enough that I think they'll spoil one another. So if you do at least at least the first season, so if you do read the comic or, or watch the show. It might be a little similar like walking dead veers off very differently from the comics even though there's some broad strokes that are similar um but that was one of the cool things about that one is that you could enjoy one without spoiling the other so you can still enjoy the other yeah this seems to be a pretty which is something i don't typically like but this was i don't know when it's done better i guess i'm cool with it yeah, there, there's, there's some some twists to it. Um, I, some of the things I don't especially liked about the show, and this is probably going to be like, I'll admit this is probably very nitpicky, but I, I don't like the animation and the art style on the show. Um, I think it's very bland Western attempt at, an, at anime style um, to the point where it's also like, I can tell when like characters are just standing around so their mouth can move. Which Invincible's design, like you don't have to animate the top half of his face, so you're very lucky. Like I, I, I can see the corners cut, but it does it does animate very well when it needs to, like when the big action scenes and stuff start. But like I think because uh Ryan Otley did almost all of the issues of the comic, like the art for it, like his style is so his look is so much a part of the identity of Invincible. And this is probably my own baggage from the comics coming in, that like it doesn't really look right to me. Do you know what I mean? I hear you. Like, I think it was like even like 10% more closer to his style. I would like it a lot more. I think it kind of is. Uh, 
maybe I, maybe not really I don't know but when I after watching the first episode or two and then like opening the first trade I was like oh I can like see it so maybe it's like closer to Corey Walker's although I don't think that's I don't think that's entirely accurate yeah but I don't know it the animation actually ended up not bothering me as much as I thought it would when I saw the trailer it, it was a little bit more of a hurdle for me like it's as the show got on and you kind of got into it it wasn't it wasn't so bad um I I do say I do think that the like the teenage drama I was way stronger than I remembered it being like way more prevalent um so you've been so you've been rereading the comic the last couple of days like what have has that been the case um so i mean there are issues that don't have any teenage drama but i think it's pretty it follows very similar beats um that is actually one part that is so much better in the show than the comic mm -hmm. um william is insufferable in in the comic um at least early on is he too but, much like that sassy gay best friend no uh, uh william doesn't come out of the closet until later in mm. the comic um because uh if you remember he he him and eve date briefly i don't remember that i remember yeah. i remember eve with rex for a long time that's actually not not as long as you you think it's just one of those things like yeah i haven't revisited it really in in a while i kind of i kind of skimmed a bunch of issues to refresh my memory so like i remember where like big points happen and we'll get into it later but like things happen way different than i like way sooner than i remembered them being when i was reading them you know month to month or whatever yeah yeah um but yeah william is insufferable in the comic um and uh amber in the comic is like just like really boring mm -hmm. um, whereas i think she's like a lot more interesting in the in the show and actually has like a character yeah um, that's the thing is i didn't even remember her uh because before i watched the show like uh wes was uh because I don't have Amazon Prime, I had to borrow it from somebody to watch it because I don't like to give Jeff, Jeff Bezos money if I can help it. But, um, you know, so Wes was talking to me about it and he knew I liked the the comic and was asking me questions about it. And he was talking about like Amber and Williams. I was like, I don't even remember those characters. <laughs> like, and then I was watching, I was like, I don't remember Amber at all. Is she like new for the show? But, you know, I guess she. I mean, her design is new for the show, but. Yeah, like she's uh just some like white blonde girl. Yeah, I was flipping through it and I was like, "Who is this white blonde girl?" I was like, "Was that Amber? Did they make her, you know, change her to black in the show?" Which is fine. I don't a character like that. Like, who cares? She's uh, way cooler. Well, she's show. played by Zazie Beetz in the show, right? Yeah, and I think that goes a long way. Like, her character has a lot more personality, and a lot of it, I think, comes from the performance. Um. One interesting thing they did change, and this is getting into the, the comic. Um, but yeah, Amber's just like Amber in the show. Um, you know, Mark keeps disappearing and letting her down. 
and she keeps giving him chances and he he keeps blowing it and then like after their last breakup in the season you know, mark reveals that he's invincible yeah um she's like yeah i i know but you just like didn't share it with me so yeah yeah i like that it doesn't make it okay the thing yeah in, in yeah. the comic um you know mark you know omni-man leaves earth so mark is uh now cecil's go-to guy yeah. so he has a beeper and he's always getting called away so amber's like oh he's dealing drugs and uh <laughs> Yeah, it's like pretty corny and she breaks up with him and then he and he's bummed about it. So he's like, I'm gonna go tell her. And he like she like comes home from like classes or whatever, and he's in her dorm room. She's like, How did you get in here? And he's like, Oh, I came in through the window. She's like, Oh, this is the, the third story. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? And then like he gets peeped away again and he's like, oh, I swear I'll explain. Um, yeah. But uh, she eventually figures it out, mm -hmm. uh, which which I, I appreciated that she was able to figure it out in the comic as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, but then it's like, okay. She's yeah. like, oh, oh, it's fine. Yeah, I, I like that in the show that she gets to it a much, because she's a much more perceptive character in the show um because i like and i like that she tries it i like that they live in a world with superheroes so like that is a natural thing you could realize and because you know mark uh his mask only really covers like the top half of his face like you could probably figure that out yeah um, although it is funny that like nobody figures out adam eve is their classmate even though she doesn't wear a mask <laughs> Uh, so when they find out, you know, they're like, oh, we don't, they don't even like know which one she is. She's like, I'm the pink one, um, which is a funny, it's a funny joke, uh, you know. Yeah, but also there's like, there's an element of that in the so comics. Too. Yeah, there's like so many superheroes. Like yeah. they, they talk about that in the comics, too. They're like, no, because they're like Adam, even Invincible are like at the school switching in the superhero personas. But they're like, if you just fly, nobody ever looks up like, you know, so it's like, it's all good. Which is yeah. true because that's what happens in comics. Nobody ever does. <laughs> There's um there is a scene in the comic where their school gets destroyed, their high school. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, like one of them's like, oh, should we go help? And the other one's like, oh, like, if Invincible and Adam Eve are at that one particular high school, like someone's either gonna like recognize us or like question why we chose like this one school in the entire yeah world because like the whole world got like invaded by aliens or whatever and like they messed a bunch of stuff up yeah i do so. like that the high school they kept the reginald val johnson thing and they actually got him to play the principal because that was amazing that's who he was always designed to be because his last name's winslow too yeah yeah I, it yeah just, when, uh, it feels like a joke that they're like oh we can just slide that in and then you know it's come full circle now yeah it very much like the nick fury uh ultimate nick fury samuel L. jackson thing yeah well, they're like yeah he's designed after samuel L. jackson they kind of did that with the boys too where huey is was supposed to be simon Pegg, 
but the, by the time they finally got around to adapting it, he was too old. But now he plays that character's father. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which if you haven't watched that, that's a good show. I haven't watched that. Yeah. Um, maybe one day I'll get, I mean, yeah, I feel like I have a. Yeah, there's a lot to experience. Huge list of yeah. media to consume and only so much time. Yeah. But um, I like that that show I like way better than the comic. Whereas this one, like it goes, it, it's not as clear cut, which is fine. It's, you know, they're, they're, I, I don't, I don't necessarily mind when we get like a, a better version, as long as you're, you, you can do what the, when you're adapting something, whatever you're doing, like adapting it to, like you can do it to fit the strengths of that medium. I prefer, I, you know, like that's fine. Even if you're telling this, like, a very similar story again like usually i really like when you're you do something kind of different when you're readapting things but something like invincible like which only has existed in one form this is a good way to kind of bring it out to everyone whereas like they announced like a new ninja turtles movie is like i want it to be something completely different i want them to go to the triceraton homeworld or something i haven't seen before you know yeah maybe uh that idea about them being aliens isn't the worst thing i've ever heard yeah, I mean, it just was a bad thing on top of a million other, like, bad yeah. decisions in that movie specifically. But, yeah, we'll have our ninth Ninja Turtle podcast at some other point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, speaking of Ninja Turtles, like, one of the strengths of something like Invincible, uh, which is also a strength that something like we've, we've talked about that Ninja Turtles has, is the character and the, the characters and the concept are so flexible enough that you can kind of put them in any situation and it works. Um, you know, like, you know, in this season, like in early on, like Invincible goes to Mars, and, like has to deal with a bunch of alien things versus like, you know, in, in the comics, he's going to go to like way crazier things are going to happen than just regular superhero stuff. But, you know, the regular superhero stuff, like that's all fun and fine. And like it all fits in with this world that they've created. Yeah, um, it's but, pretty cool. And like one of the, the cool things is like not like. The, the Omni-Man thing is such a such a cornerstone part of the Invincible like character and universe that like now that that's done in the first season, I can see them doing like they teased a bunch of like stories that are stories in the comics uh, that will be coming up. But like they could they could really kind of do some more different things now that that is done, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I always hope for different things, um, but I don't. I also wouldn't be bummed if they kept doing what they're doing. Yeah, like taking like what was great about the comic and you know reworking it so it flows better and yeah, and it's it's great TV now. Yeah, because one of the things like this might be slightly off topic, but it's a good illustration of like what I did. Uh, so I really like the one hero, or not one hero, uh, my hero academia uh anime and then you know once the whatever the first season whatever was done i switched over to the manga and i was reading the manga i really liked that so i started watching the new season when they started adapting that stuff like it's so boring because it's exactly the same whereas like this like yeah like i said like they're they're taking the same they're painting with the same colors but making a, a different piece of art with them yeah it's the same toys in the toy box exactly yeah. um and and yeah but like it's enjoyable on its own thing um oh another like nitpick is i'm not wild about the pop culture like songs like the pop songs in it no yeah i i, 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 I think it might just be like a personal taste thing i don't i'm not a big fan of when stuff does that unless you're going to like really incorporate it into like like the characters worlds and stuff 
Um, it was a uh, cool, I think, uh, I forget what episode it is, but uh, there's been like Bleached, I really like. They had a song in there. So I was like, oh, that, that was cool. And then uh, the season ending on that uh, Hive song. Yeah. That one Which, wasn't that wasn't too bad, but like and like it was also like kind of period appropriate for like when the comics were coming out. Yeah, the early two thousands there. Yeah, it's like I feel like that was like a huge like song. It's something that might grow on me, but I I found it it took me out when it, when it happened the first few times. I'm like, oh, they're doing this thing. Um, I don't know that that feels like a a, a cliche to me, and, and not in not a good way. And again, it's it's a nitpick. It might be a personal thing. It does not ruin the experience for me. Um, I I still would highly, highly recommend the show. Um, one thing the show does that's kind of fun is uh, the title screen. Like it always comes up when someone's about to say "Invincible," <laughs> and there's a joke where he's trying to come out to Amber, and you're like, "Oh, this, he's going to say, hey, I'm," and it's going to cut, and then she slams the door in his face, and like, this, <laughs> like, oh, that's that's fun. Um, um, just to, to talk some generalities about Invincible, uh, I really like his design. I think it's it's like immediately like striking and iconic, which is what you want in a superhero design. And yeah. I didn't realize it till much later, but it's also the Image Comics logo. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of awesome. Um, I don't know how intentional that was because I know his original name was supposed to be Bulletproof. Um, and Invincible is a much better name. Oh yeah, way better. Yeah. That's the um, best thing that Bulletproof Monk movie did. Yeah. Was like was make this... them second guess calling that comic Bulletproof. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that his name is Invincible and he's constantly just getting beaten to a bloody pulp. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's, that's, I think that's a happy coincidence kind of joke. I don't think that's something they planned necessarily yeah. to do all that often, but. Especially early in the comic. He's yeah. like, he's doing a lot of the, the beating into a pulp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, uh, you know, the, you know, the, I, I think we both really like season one and we, I'm, I'm excited for season two, um, which I know it's got, they announced that they're, they renewed for two more seasons at least. That's cool. Um, so seasons two and three. So hopefully they can eventually, if not get through the whole comic, which is 144 issues. So it's pretty big. Um, you know, they can at least get, get it its own ending uh you know rather you know they, they, they know that they have at least two more seasons to do um but let's talk a little bit about some future comic book stories and how we think they might adapt them so spoilers for the comics from here on out um you know so if you if you haven't read the comics and you're interested pause it here come back to it later uh after you come to the store and buy all of the compendiums and read all of them um <laughs> You know, shoplevelup.com. We're getting them all back in stock. Um, but yeah, so the, I think the next big story that like would happen would be the Angstrom Levy story, right? Um. Yeah. So in the comics, there's um, and it's I wonder how intentional this was because um, there's a couple times they say like, oh, I don't really like. Mark's talking, he's like, I don't really have like an arch nemesis. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, then there's one time I can think of where it was like very intentional, like 
he uh he's talking to his mom and like he's like oh like i told amber my identity and she's like kind of pissed he's like oh like don't worry like they're not gonna like tell anybody and also like it's not like i have an arch nemesis who's like hunting down my family yeah and then, like the next page is like angstrom levy like hunting down his family no he's yeah. not a bad guy yet but um yeah. As you know, in the future, yeah. he specifically targets uh, Invincible. Yeah. Heavy. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know he specifically, like, goes after the family. Yeah. Which, Debbie, oh, man. She is so cool in the show. Yeah. She's also and great in the comic, too. You think so? I think I, she I remember really liking her. Nothing for a while. Once the Omni-Man stuff happens, I think she really steps up as a character. Yeah, but I, I thought it was really cool that, like... I, I I liked her. They had a lot of, like, that classic Lois Lane, like, feistiness to her. But I think because of the show has more of the focus on the Omni-Man story, she's able to get a lot more screen time than she did in the comic. Yeah, I like that she's, like, kind of on the case and, like, you know, like, isn't giving Nolan a free pass. Like, she suspects him for a lot of the season. Yeah. Um, which is one of the benefits of, of them uh, doing the Guardians of the Globe thing and revealing it to the audience early versus the yeah, comics. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was cool. And when it happened at the end of the first episode, I was like, oh, wow, already, huh? But uh, I said the same thing. I was like, oh, OK, here we go. But yeah, I, I think it, it it definitely worked out for the best. Yeah, um, but, um, but yeah, so Angstrom Levy, what's his deal? Oh, he's. He's a, a scientist or he's some guy who, for whatever reason, has the power to move between dimensions. Mm -hmm. um, so in the beginning, it doesn't seem like he has any, you know, like any, like, like he has any like evil in him or is yeah. going to use his powers for. He just seems like a normal guy. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I have this, I have this ability. Um, but his whole thing is he doesn't know anything about the dimensions he's going to. Mm -hmm. So he basically kidnaps the the uh, Mahler twins, yeah, brothers, whatever the hell they're yeah, called. Yeah, they're, they're called Mahler twins. Yeah, even though they're yeah. clones of some guy who's presumably long dead. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, he kidnaps them and he's like, hey, I broke you out of jail. Um, I need you to build a machine that just like will let me get the knowledge of all my multidimensional counterparts mm -hmm. just so I can like know what I'm doing and where I'm going. Yeah. Um, so they do that and, uh, you know, Cecil and his team are like kind of like keeping an eye on them and then right as they're about to like activate the machine Cecil's like oh Invincible I need you to like go stop the Mahler twins from doing whatever they're doing and Invincible just kind of shows up and starts like wrecking everything yeah he just smashes everything right yeah and that causes the machine to malfunction and now like Angstrom's brain is like huge and it's like going all down his back and yeah i like that instead of the classic thing where like you just get a big head 
like it kind of grows throughout the rest of his body and it's really yeah. gross it's really gross but very cool looking yeah um and yeah at the end of it he's just like he's like i hate invincible yeah, like, he ruined my life yeah and like you can tell he's definitely like it's affected him like he is a little bit crazy like he like his immediate like memory of the situation is like a bit skewed like yeah I, I don't remember the exact wording but like he's like oh like invincible specifically targeted me so like now i'm gonna like he didn't even know he was there yeah exactly yeah. so um but, yeah, but he yeah. uses his power in a really fun way uh so it's kind of meta, but Robert Kirkman was writing uh, a Marvel team up at the time, which is the spider, you know, the, the, the it's usually Spider-Man, but like, I think, it, I think that story, that comic was specifically like different people teaming up every time, but uh, he ends up starting to send Mark throughout the different, throughout different multiverses just to like keep him from his fam, like while he's trying to like kill his, his mother. And uh, I think that's his like second storyline. Yeah. Cause I would say, cause I, I think, Oliver's there too, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, so too. Yeah, because like Angstrom's there and like yeah, during the reality hopping yeah. like story that that I think that's Angstrom's like second super villain show. Yeah. But the reason I'm excited to potentially see it in the show, and I don't think they would do it exactly, but like so there's an so Invincible gets kicked into what we would find out is Dr. Octopus in one panel. And then that immediately takes over one issue of, of, of uh, Marvel team up where he gets a team up with Spider-Man and then the new Avengers at the time. And then he gets kicked back into his reality. Like it goes from panel, like right back into that next issue of Invincible. And you get to see him go through all these different realities. Like one's clearly the walking dead one. He's talking to what's clearly Batman, but he's referencing a conversation he had with Spider-Man about how lame their superhero names are in the, <laughs> the Marvel issue. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they could potentially do uh, with that. I don't know if they pull in more image characters as like different, cause like Savage Dragon is at the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Guardians of the Globe uh, funeral <laughs> in the comic. But like it, they obviously didn't use him in the show, but like, it'd be kind of neat. Like, hey, here's Savage Dragon. Oh no, I'm another one. Oh my God, it's the apocalypse, that's Spawn. Like that, I, they could do some really fun things with that. Uh, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the fun things about the the comic is that like image, like when image first started, they were definitely just trying to make like a new superhero universe, but yeah. because um, everyone has creative control over their characters um you know it's not going to be cohesive because yeah in spawn you have like the end of the world happening and then like savage dragon like has like osama like, bernard uh, became a kaiju in it yeah which was awesome yeah. um <laughs> but like he has like destroyed the universe he was like living in like three times I was now. Saying, I'm pretty sure it was three times, right? Yeah, like he he doesn't he's doesn't live in the universe he like originally started in. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's 
kind of crazy, but I just, I really like the idea of like those characters all existing and just like doing their own thing. Yeah, like the way the image world, like shared universe kind of works is just like each, each book is its own part of the multiverse and they have their own versions of those characters doing their own thing, but they're not influenced by like the events in each other's books. Yeah. Because I think usually when Savage Dragon shows up, it's still the original one in things versus like there's been like what two or three other Savage Dragons. Like it's like keeps being like his kids or his grandkids, right? Uh, so it's his, his son right now, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that like Eric Larson's like, no, this is the Savage Dragon now. And I think like, yeah, if you want to cross over with him, it's 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 this one. Dragon. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of my favorite issues of Invincible is um, is it part of that storyline? Um, Angstrom Levy like gets a bunch of evil. No, this is this evil. is a, a later one. That's the Invincible War, I think it's called. Yeah, like it turns out almost every universe like Invincible breaks bad and basically just becomes basically just like what everyone fears Omni Man is now. Um, yeah, he gets like infinite invincibles to show up and kill regular invincible. Yeah. And uh, so they do like a summer event in like one issue. Yeah. Which is, and it's so crazy it's because amazing. like yeah. reading that issue, it's like, oh, like all these stupid summer events that keep happening, all it needs is one issue because like so much of that stuff is just like, so, and not even they're not even summer events anymore for marvel it's just non-stop yeah. like it um I, I we've we've said it i've said it we've said it many times or like that i have it's the status quo changing like all like it, it, the events are so they're so meaningless now like but yeah yeah i remember at the time like oh they did it in one issue i was like oh this is better than like what i don't remember what was contemporary at that time like civil war or something yeah, Civil War, which like, I, which I never liked. Like, yeah, have no fear. So, what was that one? Something about fear. No, fear itself. Fear, fear itself. itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which so is, they're, they're sprawling, and they take like months and months to do, and they ruin. They interrupt all of the books, and it's just like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's usually when I drop a title. Yeah, it's when I drop a title too, and it's why I don't get Marvel or DC anymore, really. Yeah. Um, not to say they don't put out quality stuff because they do do things I still do like, but broad strokes, like they're just so frustrating to, as a reader uh, for these reasons. But yeah, this just affected Invincible. But then, then all of the other like uh, heroes, like Image Comics characters show up in that. Yeah, yeah. It's like on one panel, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, hey, Witchblade, are you yeah. having trouble? And like, yeah. you have like a team up for like a page and- Yeah, it, it really feels like a big crossover event and it's really yeah. fun. It's yeah, and then like uh, Savage Dragon and all those characters, um, you know. Madman was there, which- Which yeah, is your favorite thing ever. Dude. Uh, which the first trade paperback of crossover just came out. I'm excited to read that. Oh yeah. Another okay. crossover comic with Madman in it. <laughs> um. But yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a story I'm also like looking forward to see if they, because I don't know if they would hang back for, like for for that, or like uh, you know use it for the multiverse thing. Both would be fun. Um, the yeah, other, I, I think yeah. logistically, it's probably pretty difficult to like. Yeah. 
it's so many characters uh you know permission and like yeah and and because the you know robert kirkman owns both these things like i think you might see the walking dead make a cameo i know invincibles made cameos in that in terms of like people like some people have the toys or they're reading the comic book or something in yeah. the background didn't uh carl have a science dog shirt for the yeah he had a science dog shirt or yeah. something which is something they changed in the show he's seance dog now i wonder if it's uh because robert kirkman wants to keep science dog like available as a property to like sell for its own cartoon yeah, I don't uh, know. I thought that was like an interesting change. I, I took it more, and this might be a lot of just fan head canon. I took it more as like a subtle hint that this is not the comic book world, like early on. Like if you know they're like, oh, that's not science because science dog's his favorite comic book in the comic, where it's seance dog and he's more like Doctor Strange. I mean, I'm sure in the multiverse thing he will team up with him. Um I hope you know, so. <laughs> they could do things like astounding wolfman, like other other Kirkman stuff. Yeah, which that would be cool. Which would be fun to guys like us, but like regular people probably won't care. Another fun thing about the comics is like, there's there's a lot like in the show, it's like you have Teen Team and you have the Guardians of the Globe and that's it. Um, yeah, the comics is a much more well-realized superhero universe. It feels so much more fleshed out. Yeah, they're like talking about all these like teams that like, you don't even see them all the time, but like, but they're just there. Like it feels, it feels like a really lived in like DC or Marvel esque, yeah, superhero world. There's like Tech Jacket, which was like a which was like Kirkman another thing. Kirkman character, yeah. Um, Brit, which was a Kirkman character. Yeah, they eventually folded a lot of his like superhero characters into Invincible, because that was clearly the most popular one. So you might as well just put them in it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I'm I'm stoked for that Angstrom Levy. Story. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they can do with it. And like, I remember it being really like interesting, and kind of messed up. And like, I'm I'm curious to see what, you know, like the the new the new fan base is gonna make of it uh, when it happens. I guess I feel a little bit about like the game of like the song of Ice and Fire people when the the red wedding happened in Game of Thrones. It's like, ooh, I can't wait to see what people think about uh. events. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit like that. Because the other thing I really want to talk about is the the return and uh, rehabilitation of Invincible's father, Omni Man. Because uh, I remember, it, I I remember it happening I, way later than it did. Um, but like, you kind of find out where he went after he flew off into space, um, and he essentially kind of redid the same thing. But he discovered like, so he goes to another planet with like bug people, and like they age really fast. So he. So he's been there for like generations of their time. Um, and eventually, you know, he has a wife and a, another kid who becomes Kid Omni Man. Um, and it becomes Mark's like, he's his half brother, but like his mother, Debbie, eventually adopts him because he's going to outlive like everyone on this planet. So he comes back to Earth. Um, but I remember that being like really interesting. Like, and like, because they're going to start bringing in like the Coalition of Planets, which they mentioned, because that's what Alan's a part of. And they're eventually build up to what's called the Viltrumite War, like a full-out war between like everybody else versus the, the rest of the Viltrumite race. Um, and that's going to get really cool. There's so much cool stuff in the future. We haven't even mentioned Dinosaurus, who's my favorite character. <laughs> this like evil scientist dino like T-Rex who uh, doesn't doesn't have like human ethics, but is trying to save the planet. So like he turns uh, Las Vegas into glass 
because of all the resources and stuff it, it's it's you know like they're diverting all this water like all these things Vincible eventually teams up with them is like hey what you're doing how you're doing things are wrong but what you're doing is right so i'm going to try to keep you on the straight and narrow like they play a lot more with like that kind of stuff and i really like that as mark gets older yeah because like there's, and there's plenty of like really fun like adam eve becomes an even better character like everyone it just becomes so much better as it goes on you know everything keeps building on top of each other yeah the uh the dinosaurus stuff that's like i love that like moral because like you know like i don't know like the the world can like suck and like the way things are run like isn't really good to all people so like yeah if you're like a, a young person with like if you're a young person who's like essentially essentially one of the most powerful people on the planet like i can definitely see getting like lured to that way of thinking yeah um, and i know it just started a netflix show but i know jupiter's legacy kind of deals with that where it's like different gen like uh, superheroes like were started as superheroes as we know them, but like each generation they kind of get more distance from that i know eventually they take over the united states because they're like well no one can stop us like you know um stuff like that but like yeah I, but yeah i i yeah it's, it's one of those things like, like i said it, it plays the superhero tropes in a way that's very fun but may not seem totally original by the time you get to them because it's been done so much uh in the intervening like 20 plus years because we just as a society we're so inundated with superhero stuff that like, yeah you have to do that to keep things fresh which is why i find the marvel stuff so boring now because uh, they're not really going to change any of that stuff because you know they can't mess with the money train but that's why like spider-verse was a lot of fun because it was so different you know oh yeah and yeah. just like good like it um, was legitimately classic, great too yeah classic stories can be good yeah. oh um, yeah you just have to you just have to do them in an, in an interesting unique way yeah but um but yeah so after the invincible story where he teams up with dinosaurs i i stuck with it for maybe yeah. a couple months following but yeah we should point out yeah we did why i feel like once walking dead's popularity really took off that became kirkman's focus and you can definitely feel like reading the invincible comic at the time i wonder if reading it now where you can read it all back to back it, it doesn't feel as as harsh a shift but you, it definitely felt like it kind of lost focus and started spinning its wheels more and kind of fell off being like the most consistently good superhero comic of the time. Yeah, it was just like, and I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe it could have also been like, you know, Mark was, cause like when Invincible started, you know, Mark was in high school. Yeah. There are a lot of things I could relate to, like obviously not being a superhero, but, but like, like, like he's, he's he's trying to figure out what he wants to be in the world, you know? Like, yeah. It, it, and, he's still and, a very human character. Yeah. And maybe like him, like, you know, growing up and him and Eve are having a, had a baby at this time. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, not where I was at then, and I still don't have a kid, but yeah, 
I'm more open to that uh, that as a narrative, but maybe it was like those things that that weren't keeping my interest. But I don't know. It also felt like like Invincible was always Mark's story, but mm -hmm. I feel like uh, you know everything was kind of leading to the to the Viltrumite War. Yeah, and then once that happened it's like okay like what do we do now yeah and like not that even like the viltrumites remained important um but it was like okay there's not this like looming thing that like we know we're building up to so maybe that took some of the excitement out of the book for me but yeah i i dropped surely i think it was like an issue where like Invincible's baby was playing with like duplicates baby and I was like I think this is it for me. <laughs> I, I know I at least got to issue 100 because the cover I, I know I have the cover I have it somewhere because what's nice about that is like so Invincible number one's cover is really boring it's just him standing in front of a wall um, but the issue 100's cover is essentially the camera from behind him from that same pose but then also it's all of the villains from the series and that was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I, I know I at least picked that one up. Um, but at the time, we didn't know how long it was going to go. So probably I probably could have done another 44 issues if I knew it was going to end. Well, Kirkman, in those letter pages, Kirkman's like, yeah, like, as long as the book, like, keeps selling, like, like his original vision was for it to be um, a book that, he would eventually step away from as writer mm -hmm. um and he would hand off to other creative teams and like it would basically never ever end so like stepping away like when we were pretty much like getting close to like you know the series as a whole like the final like third of it yeah you know, at the time it seemed like a like I'll come back when it's interesting, you know? Yeah, it basically became like Spider-Man or whatever, like a regular superhero book where like, I'll I'll read, I'll, there'll be stuff, parts of it I like runs I enjoy and then I'll stop enjoying the next one and I'll stop. And then maybe I'll come back in again like you know, when something interesting happens. Um, but yeah, and it just, it, it didn't become that. I don't, I wonder if he, I wonder why he never handed it off. I wonder if there just, I wonder if there wasn't interest from anyone else of like, or at least someone of like a, a quality he felt like comfortable giving it to, because he could have just given it to us at the time and we would have written it no problem. <laughs> but um, you know, we were you know who who are we? But um, uh, you know, like, or yeah, because Image is, is creator own, maybe people don't want to play in in someone else's sandbox. They want to maybe do their own. I mean, maybe, but like, um, I think it would profit. For example, was like. Uh, a Rob Liefeld property and he he let um Brandon Graham like reboot and like play with that a little bit like there is precedent yeah I, I don't I don't want to speculate because I, I honestly don't know and I don't obviously we don't know Robert Kirkman in real life but that might be a question I might ask him uh if I ever meet him at a con maybe I don't know I don't yeah. know maybe because I I mean I do kind of like like that idea like yeah I, I think that i think that would have could have been really fun see other people's takes on on that world 
Yeah, uh, especially since it's not like this like corporate owned property that always has to like go back to some kind of status quo. Like yeah. that's probably what was the most exciting thing about Invincible was that like there wasn't a status quo. Yeah, that's why the the, the react the, the effects of the book always felt like what would been be like the actual uh, conclude like what would be the actual consequences of every story in a superhero book but like peter parker's always got to go back to being swinging single spider-man bruce wayne's always got to be batman and like you know he's always got to punch the joker like even if someone like fucking or freaking kills someone kills one of these characters like you know they're coming back they like like it's a freaking joke at marvel like there was a while where they killed like somebody like at least once a year like remember when the human torch was dead and then he got better yeah yeah you know like it, they did it constantly and it's just like this is the lamest thing i think it's and like the crazy thing about like as much as i love that run where the human torch dies um yeah. like this it was the same it wasn't even a different creative team that like brought him back you know yeah. what i mean yeah like it's not even like it's not even like you could even remotely flirt with the idea that it was Semi-permanent. Well, like, oh yeah, it was especially bad when like Doc Ock and Peter Parker switched bodies, and then like Peter died in Doc's body. So now Doc Dractopus is Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, give it a year, and then went almost to the date, you know. And of course, it, it teamed, it, it lined up when a new Spider-Man movie came out, and then he's fighting that bad guy from the movie. I think it was Electro. He's fighting him in the comic now. It's like <laughs> it always happens. It's, yeah, that's why like corporate superhero stuff like it, it's very frustrating to me. It's like I, I can't not see like the money people being in charge of it, being like, here's what you have to do. Whereas versus like Invincible was very much like what Kirkman wanted to have happen happen as long as you know, and you know as long as he made it make sense, it was fine. I I never felt anything was overly contrived in that. And like you know, reading it. Yeah, like the marketing on some of those like stories was like a, like they did the whole like superhero i guess uh you know skip forward a bit but uh yeah like adam eve gets uh brutally murdered yeah in the the viltrumite war and uh i think the same issue or the next issue she is resurrected she resurrects herself yeah and like so that like you know because everyone was like oh adam eve's gonna die but like th that was cool because like her power set basically is built for her yeah she is like some of the more interesting powers of the the story but uh she's got a little more interesting superhero power sets like full stop yeah like because they haven't gotten into it in the show yet, but like, yeah, there's a reason she's called Adam Eve. Yeah, uh, and I think they set her up. Yeah, yeah, right. She's like yeah. she built her treehouse or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They showed us, but they haven't like explained why she can do the things she does yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So like, that was okay. And then the the issue 100 storyline was called the death of everyone. Yeah. And that felt a little like a uh, like. <laughs> yeah, I, that felt like a joke at the expense of like Marvel. Yeah, which like I wasn't happy about. Like, 
because like didn't didn't Kirkman yeah like Kirkman had just quit Marvel yeah I I don't remember the details I don't remember if we even knew all of them but like I think it was pretty negative like the way they looked they wrote like a whole like manifesto yeah and like they never ever reprint any of the stuff that he does like ever did over there yeah so like there was um there was a bit in Invincible where it was like, okay, instead of like Kirkman telling like fun and interesting stories, like it kind of feels like he's just like Taking trying it. to make Invincible like the anti-corporate superhero. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like part of me like gets that. Oh, I'm I'm kind of down for that if that's like part of the core identity of the book. Uh, but but, also, but this like, wasn't what this was a shift. This wasn't what Invincible was up until that point. Yeah, and and also like, yeah, like it's stupid, but there's like a reason like those things have been around for so long. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't want to. There are plenty of like parodies and stuff like. I don't know. I think the tick is the perfect superhero parody, you know, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want Invincible to like sacrifice like what it has. Yeah. What makes it special for that? Yeah. Just to like take pot shots at Marvel and DC. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see how the show handles some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Cause I, the comic's and great. Re- yeah. Cause the comic's great, but it's not perfect. Yeah. And I've been rereading the, the comic, um, so uh, I'm interested to see how, like, me as an older person, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because my tastes yes. have changed, too. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to revisit the comic as well. Yeah. It's a lot of fun so far. Yeah. Because, um, like I said, it, it was my favorite book in a long time, but I haven't, re- like, read it since then. Part of that's because, like, I didn't own the trades you did, so I haven't had the chance to really, like, sit down and reread it. But the renewed interest, like all that stuff's like more readily available now than it ever was. Yeah. Are they still printing the uh, the book in trade form? Because Yeah, it's just still coming out. So it's got multiple different versions. Changed. They just did the compendiums, which are the way to go. So it's three volumes. It's the whole series. Um, uh, like I know the first one's like zero through 44. So they're like almost 50 issues each. Um, so those are the way to go. And they're kind of expensive up front. They're like, I think, $64.99. But they're cheaper, like per issue, than buying. Like I think there's almost like thirty like regular graphic novels, and they're like you know ten bucks each or uh, yeah. something like that. You know, I might I might try to fill out my set, or I might just like get to where I got, and you might realize you don't I'm, keep going and you can just stop again. Yeah, because I think I've I think the only invincible like singles that I've uh, not sold are the issue of marvel team up and the invincible war yeah uh, the issue of marvel team up i know is really expensive now oh yeah because now everyone likes invincible and like they'll never reprint it and it's him and spider-man you know yeah, i got it if someone wants to give me like 500 bucks or i have i have a copy too somewhere because i was reading marvel team up at the time so i just have that run <laughs> um but yeah i uh, i'm i'm really excited uh, for this to, to, for the series to continue I'm really excited to reread the comics it's it's kind of reminded me like it reminds me why I like superhero comics to begin with because like Marvel and DC like don't really give me what I want anymore and like 
and that's fine. I, I still really enjoy comics, but I, I read other things now. Um, but it's it, it's it's kind of fun to go back to like why you know why you like these stories. Like, you know, at the yeah. end of season one where you know the whole meme was like, What do you have in five hundred years? Think Mark. He's like, I would have you. I'm like, oh man, that hits in a different way that like it could if this was more <laughs> of like a straight up drama, you know what I mean? Like the superhero elements, like it always ramps up like emotions and stuff. So I, I I'm really excited that it's it's got an audience, the comics being rediscovered. Um I'm I'm glad it's a hit. I just wish it was Netflix or something else. Um but you know, it is what it is. This is the world we live in where like five four or five corporations are gonna own everything. Unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, there's uh the issue where Angstrom Levy is introduced, uh the opening scene of that issue I think would be a great opening scene to season two. Okay, I can see that. Because it's just, uh, it just opens and it's like Omni-Man or it's invincible like Mm. in front of the, uh, like in front of like, he's in like Times Square or something and he's just like, he's like, uh, you know, everyone surrender, like me and my father, like rule this planet now and like mm. you find out that it's like following an alternate dimension angstrom levy yeah so but i think you know there, there were a bunch of issues between not a bunch like a handful of issues between omni-man leaving and that issue mm-hmm. but i think like that would be like a great like shot like it's like oh like i guess invincible changed his mind you know like i i can see season two not even having omni-man in it and they say saving that stuff for the second one and building up angstrom levy as like the final climactic fight in that season and like as i know they tease like the things going on on mars like a couple of the smaller things like they can do like the first episode can be about that or whatever just to kind of like ease you back into it um, while sprinkling like Angstrom Levy and like, building him up and like what happens to him, and I can I can see them doing the whole the multiverse thing like that being the, the second season. To me, that's to me that's the second season of the show versus like finding out what happened to Omni Man and like meeting his new family. That to me that's part of the third season, like maybe in the first half of that. Yeah, I I don't know how that would work. I have no idea yet, but that's part of the excitement. Is like I'm excited to see how they do things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad this this cartoon was made, and because they've been talking about doing an animated series for years, man. Yeah, yeah. The point where I was like, I don't even believe it's happening anymore. (laughs) Because we've talked about it a few times. Like, oh, that would be really cool, but then it's like they keep saying like. We're making an animated series. We're making an animated series. And they even announced this one like two years ago or something. Like, or maybe even longer ago than that because 2020 doesn't even count. Um, I think uh, we had to wait for... Like, back when Invincible was coming out, like, I don't yeah. think an animated series would have... Oh, no, yeah, no, that wouldn't have... Like, because it's just... They would have either have had to, like, tone it down a lot yeah and like essentially make it like here's your like this is like your tsunami like this is the justice league of tsunami or adult swim or something yeah yeah and it's just like oh like it probably would have been, like, been fine 
you know, but I, I think then we would have seen like a radically like different take. Yeah, um, I can see that. But I think like to get this sort of adaptation, we had to we had to wait a while till like the world was ready. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, like Disney shoving, you know, all this stuff down everyone's throats and like, you know, now we're now like society is ready for like yeah society enough of society's yeah now it's society enough of society's like sick of that yeah so and it's not just been me for years <laughs> um but yeah i i, I like that i'm really excited for invincible and and um if, if anyone's discovering the comic now and want to come in the store and talk about it, i'd be really excited to get some uh new perspective uh thoughts on it um a bunch of people i know that i wouldn't peg for liking the show have told me they watched it and they like it and i'm like oh okay um i know becca like her big takeaway from it is she really hates the demon detective's design i'm like it's not good but i'm like i don't it doesn't stand out to me that much i mean he's in the show way more than he's in the comic yeah in the comic he's, he's like barely nothing. there it's yeah. it's wild going back to that comic and like how much i loved it um there are two, like, and I mean, who am I? Like, I don't know. If anyone's read my comics, there are tons of, like, awful storytelling decisions that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, weird. Like, when you first see that dude, Damien, Damien Darkblood, like, yeah. the camera is always behind him. So, like, you see his entire body, and it's not, like, I don't think they're trying to make him mysterious. Like you can see his body and you can see that he's not human, but you yeah. don't see his face in his entire first appearance. Yeah, he feels like he's gonna be a bigger deal than he is. He just disappears and, really quick. And then yeah, like you see him the second time, you do see his face. It's not like it's a crazy reveal. Like, he looks like a Japanese snow monkey. He's really weird looking. Yeah, and everyone's just like, "You're some crazy guy," and like, yeah, and it's really funny because like after like after where like season one of the cartoon ends he like shows up at like the pentagon and he's like i gotta see cecil i figured it out omni-man's the one who killed the guardians of the globe and he's like telling this to like cecil's secretary and she just like starts laughing at him like oh you're like way behind dude (laughs) everyone knows that but yeah I, I, uh, yeah, it's really good. I'm really excited. What the fight between uh, Omni Man and Invincible at the end of the show is way more brutal somehow, and like they they found a way to make it more brutal, but like by actively making them take part in like killing people in the fight. So yeah, in the comic, yeah. like on the news, they're like, oh, like thousands are dead after this battle, but yeah. you, it doesn't really show that. Like yeah, the what like oh, it was amazing. Like, like the most brutal thing I've ever seen is when he's holding Invincible up into the train of oncoming train of people just to show yeah. him how like, meaningless human lives are. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, and it's just it just keeps going, like, just because there's so much train. <laughs> I'm like, holy, and there's nothing he can do because he's so beaten. Um, it was great, um, yeah, I great in a terrible way, yeah. And I, I do think they do a, a great job of like making you. Even though you know Nolan like killed the 
Guardians of the Globe. The whole time you're like, he might still be a good guy. Like he might have done it for a a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, like so much better than the comic. Yeah. Yeah. um, I I would say this story is more effective in the show than it is in the comic. It's and the comic's not bad. That doesn't handle it bad, but it was definitely like, since it's like its first big quote unquote story arc, like it was still kind of finding its footing, you know, and its voice. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess they, have to do it that way in the show especially like here's the full season in one shot like whereas like the comics you would have like at the bare minimum you would have a month in between to like kind of grow attached to the characters like yeah it's a, it's a totally different animal experiencing tv that a streaming show like we do now versus like a monthly comic yeah and like they, they've got benefits and they've got pro, they each have pros and cons. Uh, part of the cons is like waiting between issues. It's like sometimes I'll just forget stuff, you know. But like, where's the show? Especially now where we can stream and binge it. Like, you know, you can you can basically tell like much stronger long form narrative. Yeah, for sure. Like that's like to talk about Doom Patrol again. Like after watching that, it made me go because it. They specifically break the fourth wall and reference that this is an adaptation of the Grant Morrison run. So I read the Grant Morrison run, which is a lot of like every issue is almost like its own separate story. But because of the strength, the adapt because it's an adaptation, they tie everything together more cohesively, and it becomes a much more satisfying narrative experience. So that's one of the benefits you can have when you do an adaptation is you can see what works, what work, what works together better. And you can kind of stitch it together and make a stronger whole, um, a stronger story as a whole. Because, like you said, like a lot of a lot of the elements are like, I like all the changes they did with Amber. I like the, you know, I like that Debbie was more involved in the investigative aspect of it. You know. Yeah. It, Those are, they they. Were like two of my. Like they were both very enjoyable. Whereas, like in the comic, like I was like, oh, don't really care. I did not care for amber at all like i said i forgot she even existed yeah 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 so i wonder how much more involved like amber and william and those kinds of characters are going to be throughout the series because then william and mark go to college together weren't they roommates yeah yeah so i know he at least hangs around for a bit yeah um they kind of I feel like uh, this is like a couple podcasts in a in a row where I get into like white writers and black characters, mm-hmm. um, like making Amber black and making her interesting was like really cool. Yeah, Black Samson in the comic is like just kind of like really pathetic. Um, like when you first see him, he's like, he's lost his powers and he's just like depressed and like going crazy in his like mansion. Mm-hmm. And it's like bulletproof is kind of like a asshole. Like there's like no redeeming black people in uh, the comic. There, there was Titan. He was a Titan bad guy, was- but he wasn't a bad guy. Titan was cool, um, but also like kind of stupid. Like he's done, even he he is like, for as much as I like enjoyed him in in the comic, 
he's so much better in, in the show. So it's uh it does a really good job of like kind of updating uh updating yeah. those characters to suit uh the 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 yeah. political climate that uh, white people are just now realizing exists. And it is funny, like, Black Samson, when he does get his powers back, they are lightning-related. It's another example. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about that during the show. I'm like, wow, it's always... That's got to be on purpose, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to be. Because uh, <laughs> with, with the way the series also, like, plays with, like, other characters. Because, like, Monster Girl's clearly a parody of, like, the Hulk like those kinds of characters with a weird twist on it. Um, you, know, you know what I mean? Like they, they kind of, they have to know. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Cause it's like, it's only been like, it hasn't even been 20 years since the source material on that. And like, just even like those small tweaks go such a long way to making it feel so much more different and modern. Yeah. It, you know? It's just like way back. Cause yeah, I was like noticing that. I was like, oh. The few black people they have here are all like, just like, no one's cool. <laughs> yeah, and like Viltrumites are all white guys. There's not a black one, right? I think there is. I think there's one. I don't remember. Yeah, I. I, I most of the ones I can remember are white dudes with mustaches because they all have mustaches. Yeah, the 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 main ones are all white people. I feel like. Yeah. But, you know, so maybe there's something about, like, you know, white colonization. There's all kinds of things we could read into that then if we were to look at it from that angle. But I don't think it's trying to do that. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, so I think that would be a bad, a bad faith argument. Yeah. But it might be something interesting, an interesting reading to look at later. I am curious to see how they, they handle some of that stuff on the show then. Um, yeah, I, I'm stoked to see... Uh... I'm stoked to see them show up. They showed up way earlier in the comic, like yeah. other Viltrumites than I like remembered. Yeah, like issue fifty-ish. I thought it was like even before that they like show up and beat the crap out of Alan, like beat him to a pulp. Oh, that might happen next season then in the show. Uh, I yeah. do remember that, but I remember they started like getting like basic screen time. I, I remembered it being like later than it is in the comic. Which is, you know, which like, that's probably why I kind of want to revisit the comic. I'm like, it's not really how I remember it. Like, I kind of want to, because I remember really liking it. So I, I, I want to go back and enjoy it again. Or see if, like, hey, my taste is changing. Like, this is bad. Which I don't think is going to be the case, but you never know. Some of that stuff, you know, when you go back to it, like, oh, God, I liked this so much. <laughs> like, we're, like, talking about that spawn I used to read. I'm like, I would go back and look at that now. I'm like, oh, this is bad. Um... Well, you know, like it tastes grow and change. Like I don't really like anti-heroes. I find them very boring as an adult. But when you're like, you know, 14, 15, like they're the coolest dudes in the world, you know. <laughs> um especially like Spawn. It's just like, oh, like, because like he could do anything, right? That was his yeah. whole like deal. Like he has unlimited power. No, it used to be he had a ticking clock. So as as, as he used his power up, he would eventually go away. But like that's a narrative dead end for a character that's gone on for 300 issues. So that's all gone. Now he does whatever, like, but like the apocalypse has happened like many times. And like, it's just, I don't know how that series keeps going, but it's more popular now than it's been in a long time. It's, it's always one that I like think about, like, there are things here I probably would dig. Cause like, 
No, it's got stuff in it I like. I like the idea of like the devil's general on earth that like rebels against him. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah. Cause like, I, cause like I, I like the idea of the Ghost Rider movie where you're like you're the devil's bounty hunter. Like I think that's neat. It's not executed well, but that like Colonel is cool. Yeah. The uh, I think all those like launch image titles like they all like have something that could be like either like narratively interesting or just like a lot of fun but like <laughs> they get like out of control like even like savage dragon i think was like really cool but like the beginning of it is like so stupid and then like where it's at now like just like it, it definitely has lost to me but like savage dragon's a book that i occasionally poke my head into because like they did a recent one where like every like every page was like a two-page spread of like a different sunday sunday comics thing with like the characters in it and like that's kind of neat like i don't understand what any of these characters are but i was just like oh this one's peanuts oh this one's calvin and Hobbes. like I'm like oh that's cool and then i put it back on the shelf and i'm like what about my day eric larson definitely like sets like little challenges for himself which is yeah, a lot yeah. of fun like there's like one issue where like it like uh, I, I might be getting this backwards, but I think it like starts, there's like nine panel grids and then like each page he like takes away a panel until it's like in the middle of the book is two splash pages. Mm -hmm. And then from there he starts like adding a panel each page. I mean, that's cool. I mean, it, you can tell that's a series like he just has fun with because he's been writing it the, the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like which is- And drawing cool. it. Yeah, writing and drawing it for years, every month. Since like 1990, yes, for like for like decades, you know, <laughs> like I can't imagine and creating anything I'd be that interested in working on for that long creatively. Uh, like I said, I've I mentioned it before. Like the One Piece thing blows my mind that you can make like a thousand comics and still want to keep going. I think both as, them, as a creator, you know. Yeah, I think both of them are set up like less so with Savage Dragon, but like. Uh... That, that Ninja Turtle thing you were talking about where like they kind of fit into like all these different types of stories. Mm -hmm. Like the current arc of um, One Piece is like a samurai epic and like, you know. I, I think I would really get into One Piece. I did read the first couple volumes of the manga and it didn't do much for me. Um, but it's just my, my concern with getting into One Piece is like it's so much and I'm like I've only got so much time left <laughs> um, and it's like I, I it didn't grab me from the get go and I'm like I don't know if I care about Luffy and stuff I was just, it's just one of those things where it's just like I don't think I I think the hurdle for me to get into it to get to the stuff I would enjoy is too great does that make sense it does. I think you would dig it. I think um, I would too. It's just I, I just don't feel like putting in the work to get to the stuff where I like I get to a point where I will dig it. And who knows? Maybe I just needed to read one more chapter, and then that was the that was the you know. Yeah, I mean the great read. thing about like uh, manga, especially shonen manga, is that like it reads pretty quick. Um, yeah, I, I I've got the app on my phone, so if I really want to, I can just blast through it. I'm sure. Yeah. 
But anyway, this isn't a one piece podcast. Maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that in more in depth some other day. Maybe I'll 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 read all five million issues of it, and we can talk about it like in ten years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess you know since we're getting so wildly off topic, we should probably end this one. Um, so yeah, definitive thought: Invincible season one's good. Invincible the comic good. Um, excited that you know people are liking both of them. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see what they do in the the follow up seasons and stuff. You know, I don't think this will necessarily lead to a comic revival, but I was thinking about that, like, you know, like I feel like The Walking Dead, even though The Walking Dead like ended after the show started, like I feel mm-hmm. like he still dips his toes back in that pool every once in a while. Yeah, occasionally you get like a Negan one shot or something. Yeah, so. I do wonder, like, because I don't know exactly how Invincible ends, but I do know, I, I know some things, so, like. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. There's definitely, like, a story to tell there. Yeah, there's things they can do, but I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily want, like, uh, a comic revival. Because I'm always of the opinion sometimes, you know, dead is better. But we'll see. I mean, if they, if. I only want them to come back to it if there's a story to tell. I don't want them just to put out, again, not to rag on Marvel and stuff, but like Civil War 2 literally only happens that they can have a book called Civil War on the shelves when the new movie Civil War came out. Like, it's just there to promote the movie, you know? Yeah. I I don't want them out of character again. Yeah, God. Like, I don't even know what any of these characters are like in character anymore. You know, all the Guardians of the Galaxy's personalities completely changed after the movie. Now Star Lord is this music loving like moron, and like it's 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 bad. Um, but like you know, that's just but that's the nature of those kinds of books when they have to have big corporate synergy. Um, yeah. So you know, Invincible like again can be something else, and you know what? Maybe he'll let people finally play in that world. Uh, you know, maybe it'll be oh, yeah. invis- Invincible universe. Fun. Every story is a different creative team and different characters in different time periods. I don't know. They could do so much that's fun. Yeah. The the doors open. Well, it's not open, but like, yeah, there there are definitely stories to tell. And like his original vision was that like it would be running today. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah, we'll we'll see. Um yeah. but I'm excited to reread the series. I'm excited for season two. Yeah. Uh, so there's so cool much stuff. good stuff in the future for both of us here. Yeah. But in the meantime, uh, if you're hankering for a, a story about an up-and-coming superhero, yeah. uh, check out Star Save Your Bunny. Uh, Star Save Your Bunny at Instagram. And look at all the cool things she's doing. Yeah, man. It's 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 nowhere near as violent enough for people that like Invincible though. You got to change that next issue. Oh, issue five. Oh, okay. All like, right. I mean, like <laughs> we don't got buckets of paint, uh, <laughs> but uh, issue five is a a big fight that uh, ruins uh, Center City, Philadelphia. Oh no! It got ruined not in real life this time. I mean. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for uh, being my guest, Kendall. I was really looking forward to uh, talking Invincible with you because it's something we haven't talked about in a long time. Uh, I'm glad you were able to watch the show. I know the universe was conspiring against you for a minute there. Oh, yeah, man. I was trying to... I knew we were, like, recording at this certain time. I was like, all right, I have this this block of time. I can, like, bust through a couple episodes and then, you know, oh, there, there goes the electricity, you know. I guess everyone was putting on their air conditioning or something. Yeah. Oh, God, it's been so hot. Anyway, um, but, yeah, so I, I knew at the very least I wanted to talk to you about the comics um, because, you know, that that's something we haven't talked about in a while because we used to talk about it all the time. But, um yeah, so that'll do us for this episode. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, stay tuned next week. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet. Uh, that's the thing I'm going to have to figure out while I'm editing this episode. Um, but we have a lot of topics we want. We have a lot of topics we want to do. It's just a matter of uh, syncing up people's times uh, between the new store opening up in Summers Point and like a lot of people being teachers or students and like school being in like finals right now. It's kind of hard to get people together. Um, but, you know, so I'm not sure what the next episode is going to be, but I, I, we've got a couple of ones planned out to do. Um, you know, follow us, levelupentertainment.com. That's got everything you're going to need to know from us. Uh, until next time, be safe.